You are listening to the Park Flyer Podcast, where we discuss our RC adventures. Welcome to the Park Flyer Podcast, where we discuss the ups and downs of the new RC Flyer. Join your hosts, Michael and Jay, as they take flight at the park. Now on with the show. Hey everybody, welcome to the Park Flyer Podcast. I'm Michael, and with me always are my co-host, Jay from the hills of Texas. And Mike from Alaska, but lives in Texas. What is going on? Uh, no, now you're living in Texas, right? <laughs> What's going on tonight? It's good to hear from you guys. Welcome back, Mike. Did you have a good week? I did. I had a great week. Good. Good. We'd like to welcome you back to the podcast. We know you were busy last week, so. Yep. Or the last last podcast, anyway. Jay and I uh, got together and did one, so. Um, it was tough without you, Mike. <laughs> we missed you. Made it. Back. it was crazy. <laughs> Sniffle. Now nah, we're good. We're, we're always glad to have you back. What about you? Did you have a good week, uh, Jay? Um. Yeah, I think I did. Uh, I just stayed inside and looked outside and dared not <laughs> step outside for fear of bursting All right, into flames. So you, you guys are having a heat wave. I know you're kind of stressed out about that. I mean, it's only 111 to 117 here in Phoenix. Okay. I know that you guys are yeah. in the 105. So, and, and, and like I said, you chose to live in a desert. <laughs> you, you know, you're just down the road from, uh, what is that, Death Valley? Uh-huh. I, you know, land was cheap. I understand why you went there. <laughs> So I, I'm not trying to see who's hotter because I know you're going to win every time. Pretty much. it's We we are complaining about nothing, mm-hmm. you know. So we're only 105, and what do you call that? I call that an early Tuesday morning, right? That's, <laughs> that's, that's how it goes. That's right. Early, I just go inside. Yeah, so. I mean, it's hot. I just go inside <laughs> like Jay does. Just I know. Stay I inside. Know. Well, I, I do understand, though, because I've, you know, I've been here quite a long time. You guys are just now kind of visiting that whole mic, especially because this is your first summer in Texas. It yeah. is. So, yeah, l- l- you don't need long johns. During the no, summer, I don't. I, I can go swimming. Yeah, I welcome like that. to shorts and a T-shirt. Exactly. Uh, pretty much all year round. Yeah. Exactly. I, I heard that he's wearing his, uh, you know, cutoffs for his uh, long johns. <laughs> cut off long johns. Is that what you're saying, Jay? <laughs> That's right, man. Making white feeders out of them. Yeah. He's cut. There you go. <laughs> That's just wrong. <laughs> That's terrible. Well, it's well, what about uh, you, it's Mike. What have you been? You've been having a good week. Uh, I had a great week. Uh, as a matter of fact, I got to do something very interesting, uh, and it's not really park flyer related. But uh, you know, Spencer and I have been kind of building these F-16s, and he has a turbine or two. And I've got a to go out there. A turbine or two. I like that. Yes. A turbine or two. A turbine or two. And he is building a big F-16. It's, uh, I don't even know what scale it is, but it's pretty large. And he calls me up and he said, hey, man, I'm going to be over at uh, this guy's Wayne's house. And Wayne is a retired uh, Air Force F-16 um, crew chief, I think. And his retirement job is building large-scale airplanes. Okay. And so he called me up and he goes, hey, I'm going to be over here. If you'd like to see some of these large scale stuff close up, you should come on by. And I, I had a free moment if, you know, in between my working. And, and so I said, yeah, sure, I'll, I'll do that. And I jumped in the car and ran over there. And I kid you not, Wayne is building a hand-built P-38. Wow. And this P-38 unfortunately is not going to be the largest p38 in the world 
RC version. It's not going to be there. It is six inches short of the largest one. Oh, I bet he was mad when he found that out. (laughs) Well, the problem is, is that he was building it because he he owns a van and he wanted it to slide into the van. Ah. And so he measured it all out oh, and no. then come to find out the door, he measured the inside of the van and forgot that the doors take up inches on either side. Oh, so when you no. open the back doors, <laughs> you can't Whoops. slide it in because it's wider than the doors. You would literally have to take the doors off the van, slide it in, put the doors back on the van, shut the van. So <laughs> he's like, had I known, I would have just built it the extra seven inches and been one inch bigger than the uh, largest P-38 RC airplane in the world now having said all that there is no uh, kit for this there's nothing no plans no nothing it is 100 percent scratch built wow that's impressive no what's impressive <laughs> are the turbochargers that he hand built to go in the p38 wow that, is that impressive. was impressive Whoa. yeah that is impressive yeah, wow. so the airplane wait, actually wait, wait. has working turbochargers. It has wastegates. Uh, it's got a three-cylinder motor. Uh, it's got carbon. Well, it actually has these wooden, three-bladed wooden props. Uh, the company that makes them, he said, only makes regular turning props. They don't make the counter-rotating one. So what did he do? He bought one, came home, reverse-engineered it, and made molds to do carbon fiber counter-rotating props. Wow. So now he's got carbon fiber blades uh, to go on this P thirty uh, P thirty eight. Wait, 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 Mike! I, I got a question. Sure. I mean, this guy sounds amazing. It is to amazing. Be able to, I mean, it just blows my mind. I I'm just have a little problem just putting a little fiberglass on my sailplane that broke. You know, and I'm just trying to figure that out myself. You know what I mean? I feel no, I feel I massively inadequate right now. Sure. So to make you know, because I couldn't whittle it out of wood or you know, design it out of carbon fiber. So he mismeasured on his van, but this guy can make his own turbochargers from, you know, scratch and some aluminum foil and MacGyver it, right? Mm-hmm. So I'm thinking, what's the problem with the van? Wouldn't it have been easier just to make special van doors? You know what I mean? Like <laughs> you know, that gold doors? Yeah. Or, you know what I mean? Sure. But the guy who can do that, why is the doors, you know, oh, he's he's foiled by Ford. Yeah, <laughs> <You know>? exactly. <laughs> the hinges, oh my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> You know, it, it, that is an interesting, um, you know, observation there, Jay. I am sure that Einstein, everybody says, was, you know, a genius, and yet he didn't know what 2 plus 2 was because it was such simple math. So I'm sure as amazing as Wayne is that uh, he will find a solution for the van doors. <laughs> I think he's looking <laughs> for just, a trailer. I, at this I'm, not, I'm not trying to knock the guy. I mean, that is amazing, but it seems like somebody who could do something so incredible mm-hmm. from scratch yeah. would just go, yeah, I'll just make new doors. You know, tomorrow I'll just re-engineer <laughs> exactly. the hinges. I think there's right? something like there's something to do with forest and trees stuff going on here. <laughs> that is true too, forest and trees. Okay, well I'll just go back here to trying to figure out how to put some epoxy on. Yeah, some, you know, <laughs> some, well so this is together sense. first, Jay. That's just a hit. Okay, that is true. Uh, well, man, I'm I'm yeah, I can barely do that, so I feel woefully. You know, in fact, that's I'm looking at this kit over here. And the reason I haven't started it because I know I have to modify it a little bit, and yeah. I'm just uh, man, I have to you know. Wow, this this guy's the king of this. <laughs> I feel the pretty bad, you know. Well, wow. it, the amazing part was that this P38 is huge. It's it's I, I want to say it's a 12 foot wingspan or or 14 foot wingspan. It is pretty massive, and he pulled these wings out, and 
the carbon fiber wing tube is actually off a real airplane. Well, that's crazy. <laughs> he called the aircraft company, uh, one of the aircraft companies that does the torque tubes that are in carbon fiber, and he, he asked them if they had one and if they could cut it in half and send it to him, and they said, yeah, sure. So it is literally a real uh, carbon torque tube off of a real airplane that's going to be holding these wings on. Wow. It is truly amazing. Um, on top of that, he hand cut and hand milled out um, out of aluminum the entire cockpit. So the cockpit, if you sit in there, it's got all the dials, all of the the proper, you know, he, he has a picture of the uh, of an actual P-38 cockpit, and he mirrored it and made everything in miniature. And then when you look in there, uh, it, it shows, you know, everything the way you would see in the real airplane. Uh, the nose of the airplane, you know how P-38 kind of comes down, it's got that real bulbous nose uh -huh. at the very end? Right. Well, uh his actually sits like that, and it's all wood, and then it's got this carbon or it's a fiberglass nose cone that goes on there. And in the in the middle of the nose cone is this little you can barely get your fingernail in there, and you put your fingernail behind it and you flip it, and it's a door that goes it's a it's a hinged door that is completely flush with the nose of the airplane that flips out forty five degrees. There's a screw. You undo the screw, and the whole nose slides off so that all his electronics are in the nose. That's pretty cool. <laughs> wow. Did he design that mechanism, amazing. too? He made that mechanism as well. Yeah, he sure did. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> oh, my. But, yeah, so you pull the nose off, and, you know, this thing, it, he's, it's all electric. It's got a computer in there. You turn it on. The landing gear, he made all the landing gear because they don't have that size. So he milled it out of aluminum or whatever. He's got a, a laser and a milling machine, and he did all this work. And uh, we asked him how long it's been going. He's been working on it for four years, and it he's got the motor started. He's got, uh, you know, everything kind of going together. I think there's a few more things he has to do with the, bo the booms and to get everything kind of mirrored out. But... I, I literally, guys, I stood there in amazement because what? I am I am just enthralled with how amazing and immaculate this this project is. I mean, it, it literally looks like an actual scale down P thirty eight. And of course, it's why is he doing it? That's what he does. He builds. I mean, is he selling service. it to someone or what? Or is he just no, this is his personal one, but he has several that uh, guys, you know buy or purchase commission they commission him yes, to do it yes so he he's just got he's just got that building that's what he does um, yeah and you know he's retired from the air force so that's this is his kind of his full-time gig is that he builds these planes so sitting in his in his house or sitting in his room there uh and it, it's his house but sitting in his front room was a probably a one six fifth maybe a one fifth or one sixth scale a7 uh, he had a another one eight scale like uh, vegan I think or vegan what do they call yeah vegan vegan that's right yeah it's got yep. the canards up front yep. big jet turbine yep. he had the uh, P thirty eight and then Spencer had his little F sixteen in there as well so he, you know we're his literally little, standing in this, F in this room his little rinky solid F sixteen yeah that's just, pretty funny and this F sixteen is not small but it was small compared to these things you know. Uh, but the the workmanship is amazing, and so he pulls this wing out of the wing bag and he hands it to me, and I'm I'm like it's all you know 
wood. It's got a wood grain to it. It looks like balsa sheeting and the whole thing. And I'm holding it really gingerly, you know. And I go, man, every time I, I feel like I, if I touch this, I'm going to leave fingerprints in the wood. And he goes, oh, you won't leave fingerprints in the wood. And I'm like, really? He goes, no, the whole thing is glassed. Literally the whole wing, the whole airplane, everything is fiberglassed. Wow. But the fiberglass is so thin, you can actually see the wood grain underneath it. Wow. I was like, holy cow, how did that work? And so you run, as I ran my hand across it, I started realizing, sure enough, it's a matte finish um, you know, fiberglass job. And wow. it is so smooth. I mean, just smooth. And uh, he said, yeah, eventually it'll get painted that way. But th- the other thing is is that he he primered some of the, you know, he had to run the motor. So he primered the boom. And now the oil from the motors and all that stuff is getting on the primer and will actually weather the airplane. Like, how cool is that? What does that mean, weather the airplane? That means that it shows the, you know, like the grease and the oil and how when yeah. you fly an airplane, it all kind of streaks down the side when you have an oil Have you leak ever seen any World War II movies? Oh, planes, right. You know, that have been in battle, have that, you know, like burnt stuff on the side uh-huh. yeah, coming out of the exhaust on the side of the plane. And he wants that there on purpose is what you're saying. Correct. Yes. So he was telling me all these little techniques that you do to weather your plane. And so he said uh, that he basically will take uh, a thin, he'll, he'll just stick his finger in Vaseline. And he'll just run a streak, like he'll just wave his finger, kind of mash his finger all over the uh, the body of it. And then he'll paint it over top of it. And then when the paint dries, he'll buff it. And where the Vaseline is, it strips the paint. So now you can see underneath the paint, it looks like a big chunk of, of paint came off. That's pretty cool. Yeah, it, the tech, I was just literally, I was sitting there. I, I was over there for like three hours. I was just <laughs> drooling going, wow, this thing is amazing. But all the little techniques that he was talking about, I mean, I thought I was a fairly good builder until I got around these two guys. Then there, I'm just like not even close, you know. It's it's truly like in a whole different class. And these guys, I think he's got some awards uh, from his airplanes winning like Best of the West, the Jet rallies, all that stuff. I, I noticed in his house he had a bunch of awards from planes that he had built. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Just happened to notice a little billboard he has there. Yeah, but it, it's amazing uh, how much time he has put into this thing. And I can't wait to see it fly. It's probably not going to be ready for another year or two, but um, it, it is amazing. I mean, I'm sure it'll be on YouTube or whatever else because everybody knows about it. They're just waiting for it to you know kind of come to fruition. And uh, they've already commissioned an artist, I think, that's going to paint it, you know, paint a picture of the airplane, not the uh. actual airplane itself. But uh, it's crazy. It's it, He's got, you know, all the plans, details. He's got a full-scale plans. Full. Uh, he's got plans for a full-scale P-38 that he works off of. And Isn't he this miniaturizes. the same guy you were telling me about, Mike, who had all the nose art around his house? Different guy. Uh, matter of fact, Wayne works for that. That guy's name is Brian. And Wayne works for Brian. Yeah, oh, Wayne takes okay. care of all of Brian's airplanes. And Brian has probably 30 turbines. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's so, awesome. Yeah, what can I say? Anyway, it's a totally different world. I know it uh, kind of went off on a, a tangent there on this. But it, it is amazing to me about these larger scale you know, airplanes. And I, I, flail, I fly full scale, and these things are just about as 
accurate as you can get. Just amazing detail. Uh, I mean, when I when I see these guys gonna go compete against uh, other guys in in this best looking, best of show, that kind of thing, they spare no expense, and they that no detail is too small. It, it right. is really amazing, really amazing. It was I was really lucky. Uh, I appreciate you know Spencer is a podcast listener, so when he listens to this, I appreciate it, Spencer. Because it was truly eye-opening to get over there and, and kind of talk to those guys and watch what they do, and the whole reason we were over there is because Spencer had a modification to his big jet, you know, to his turbine, his F-16 jet, and uh, he was a little nervous about doing it, I think, and so he took it over to Wayne, and Wayne's like, "Ah, here you go, take this saw and cut this part off," and you know, he was like, "I don't think so, I don't want to be cutting on my airplane." He's like, "Yeah, sure." They zipped off this part and and then took it off the body and put it on the actual wing. Uh, so anyway, I'm not really sure of the whole modification. It was one of the wing root things that was attached on the wrong side. It's supposed to be attached to the wing side, and it was attached to the body side. So they were moving it from one to a, a Oh, I see. And so Wayne just was like, yeah, just cut it here, and we'll do it here, and we'll glass it in and do what you need to do. So truly amazing. Wow. Yeah. So it was a good week uh, for me. Um, I had to go to work right after that, but yeah, it was a great time and a very eye-opening for me. So I was I was pretty excited. Whole different world. So uh, what's it make you wanna? What's it make you wanna buy or or build now? Uh, maybe you could just do. Maybe you could do tours. Maybe Wayne will let you do tours. Yeah, I could. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's a tours. Part fire podcast factory. tours. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, most definitely. Well, if if we when you guys come out for the electric festival next year, it's definitely some place we're gonna have to swing by and and take a look at because you guys will Absolutely. just be drooling. I mean, just his whole workshop is just amazing uh, to see everything that he's putting together, and I'm sure by that time, you know, he'll have more done on the on the P38. But it, it is it is amazing, the fact that he made everything, you know, and it it's just so scale is incredible. So I was pretty excited. Er- that kind of reminds me uh, of Rob, A.K. Mike. Uh, Rob, yeah. not not so much in the sense of building the the turbines themselves, but you know, a guy who can manufacture or make parts or whip something out with epoxy. You know, he he wants to make a realistic plane, and he wants to make the uh, wing gener uh, uh, not wing generators. Uh, what do you call those things on the on the uh, on wings that you put it right on the front of a uh, vortex front of wings, generators. Little, Vortex generators, yeah, thank the you. BGs. Vortex generators, and yeah. he was uh, what, he was telling us about how his son was trying to do a, a school project, and so uh, he wanted to make these generators. So couldn't find anything to use for the kid to to do it. So they went and made these molds, and bada bing, bada boom, yeah, made these these force generators, and then they then they said, hey, you know what? These look these are so accurate and so scale. I sh- I should put this on a plane. Oh well, I'll just build this you know fifteen foot you know cub and that's what he did <laughs> that's awesome it's just amazing he just kind of goes oh yeah i think this would be great and now he uh he that's has a company does, up there huh? and he makes, makes uh, tundra little... tires and that's where i got my tundra tires from oh that's right actually we went to that little factory that yeah. he makes those tundra we went tires. to his, oh, we went to his cool, place actually. yeah that was interesting how they make those because they put them in like a little bowl and the bowl spins around mm-hmm. and it it uh, basically yeah. is like um it's like a chocolate if you melted chocolate in a bowl and then you spun the chocolate around as the chocolate cools, it kind of sticks to the side of yeah. the bowl and it'll get yeah. thicker and thicker and thicker. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, they do that until the until the rubber just finally, you know, slows down and then now it's all 
ready to go. It's kind of strange. Yeah, it was but cool, though. the thing that gets me is that it's not like they went and picked up, oh, let's buy, start a you know, company that makes tires, little tires. It's stuff that he built. Oh, right, and yeah. And put together right. himself. They right. built that's, a machine that makes those amazing. tires. Yes, he exactly. did. Exactly. Yeah. That's, that's, yeah. cr- that's the part that's awesome. That is, you know, it's uh, not like they just went down to the to the store, manufacturing store, and just picked up a little tire <laughs> right. you know, thing and scaled it Can up Can you go down to the manufacturing it, store and just pick up a tire no. building machine? <laughs> no, you can't. You'd think, think so, but uh, no. So just like I said, that's the stuff that's in awe. That Especially not in just, Alaska. Oh, yeah, I, yeah exactly. that's true, too, so. It's just awesome. You know, it just blows my mind that people can come up with that stuff. And then, like I said, I, I just want to put something, you know, re- repair a little epoxy part, and I'm just like, how do I do this? I'm scratching my head. I have no idea. Well, you know I, what I mean? I, I, I have found out that you make yourself better by getting close to the guys that do that kind of thing, and that then exactly. learn from them. So, Unfortunately, yeah. we moved you yes, know, before, uh, exactly. before Rob could help us out with that. Well, tonight's episode is uh, kind of a continuation. Uh, Jay and I were talking last week about Jim, uh, who flies with Jay down in Texas, and uh, Jim is building a Sig um, Rascal, right? Rascal, yeah, yeah. yeah. Sig Rascal, Rascal 72. seventy-two, I think, is what he's building. And he's a glow guy, gas guy, uh, just kind of converting over to electric. And this airplane is, you know, kind of falls into that park flying podcast, electric flyers, and we're all electric flyers from way back. So uh, Jim had some questions, I believe, um, that uh, that he was asking. Yeah, so. Us. Some of the some of the questions that he had was, of course, he he he's listened to our podcast before, but still he was a little confused just about how you make the conversion from a glow engine. Right. Mm-hmm. He knows what he needs for a glow engine to stick in this plane. But how do you decide on the electric equivalent? Do you look for a company that makes, you know, if I need a, a size 50 engine, you know, glow engine, do I look for a company that makes a. 50 size glow equivalent right and i said to him well yes that's that's easy if they make a motor big enough or small enough for your needs and usually they have a motor but it's not listed like that and so then he was uh, one of his other questions was well i knew that i needed it you know from everything that i read that they were using uh i'm just gonna pull the motor off the top of my head something like a 3542 you know it's 35 mm-hmm. millimeters long uh i mean uh, a diameter 42 inches long you know for this particular project and so he goes great so i go and i find a place that has these motors i think he went and looked at hobby king or something he goes but there's eight different motors so right. how do i that determine all that the kv of of what i want he goes and he bought and he bought a motor from them and luckily it wasn't it was for a different project actually it was for his polaris that he got uh-huh. um but he, he was buying a motor for that, but it turned out that it was a lower KV that he could use for, he was asking if he could use this the motor for this particular project. And that was his thing. And he goes, well, how can I tell? You know, uh, I got I got 1,100 KV. Um, and I said, well, for your other for your other project, it's too low a KV right. for your project. You need something with a higher KV. And I said, and for that particular, this Polaris project, the seaplane project, you know, there's only a certain size prop that you can get on there. So he's he's defined by the prop size, first off. So, let, so I let's, said you need- okay, so let's talk a little bit about KV because we, we've done a podcast in the, you know, in the past about 
the sure. type of motor, glow to conversion motor. But I don't know if we really discussed the KV portion of it. And this is uh, really good, especially for Jim, because he he did buy something. And, and if you don't understand how the KV works, then, you know, we kind of can see that you can get the wrong motor. But the KV uh, for an electric motor is, is a rating that basically talks, I guess it's the change in voltage. So it's it's how many times the air, the, the motor will spin, the number of revolutions per minute that the motor turns when it's developing one volt. That's KV. And so the KV can be as low, I think I've seen KVs as low as like 150, 200, and as high as 4,000 KVs. Yeah, that's 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 pretty much around the range. Sure. So if you had something like a, let's just pull a number 980, a 980 kilovolt motor, uh, and you had a, you know, basically a two cell battery, I think, or 11.1 volt. That's two cells, right? Uh, 11.1 is three uh, cells. Two, cel- two cells got to be cells. like 8.4. Uh, so this is a three cells, 11 point volts. Uh, so if you had one that was a three cell, uh, you're going to spin that that 980 motor at roughly around, you know, 10,000, 11,000 RPMs. And that's with no load or motor or no prop or anything. And then once you add a prop, it's going to unload uh, a little bit in the air. And that means that you can, you can run a little bit larger prop. So if his, I think his SIG Rascal is going to run somewhere around a 13-inch prop. So if it runs a 13-inch prop and he has a... 980 you know kv motor uh then he's going to be able to to turn that motor i mean turn that prop uh at a slower rpm without as without as much load on the air on them on the motor does that make sense it yes. does but yeah. i i think i think it's going to end up still kind of confusing those guys you know uh, trying still trying to determine well how do i pick what motor do i need to get you know to what prop do I need? I, I still think that's going to confuse. You know, I I, I I understand where he's coming from because mm-hmm. for those guys, I think they deal mainly with you know RPM mm-hmm. is what they're looking at, how many RPM they can get out of the motor, and therefore based upon the RPM, I guess there's um, a ratio or a guide for what props you use for what RPM that you're able to get out of the motor. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, I think I think that's how they do it. I'm not a hundred percent sure. From the glow side, you mean? They're, they're spinning the it, side, right? Yes. They're spinning it. So basically, a lower KV motor is going to be able to swing a bigger prop with lower voltage, if you think about it that way. Okay, yeah. Yeah. So that's that's kind of relating it to that glow, um, you know, the way the glow works. But that's the, the, so, like, some of my big 60, um, my 60 inch airplanes, which I think this one is right around there, right? 70 inches or 60 inches or whatever. Yeah, it's 72. 72, 72 or so. Is the wingspan. Uh, so if you're going to run that 13 inch prop, I would probably look for a motor that was somewhere in that 500 to 900 kV. That way I could increase or decrease that prop. Uh, your prop is basically because this airplane is a tail dragger, he's going to have. Uh, some clearance issues if he goes any bigger. Like he, I wouldn't, I wouldn't go any bigger than like a 13 to 15 inch prop, unless you change right. to a three blade. Well, tell everybody, uh, you know, that's a that's a way you can cheat. But why don't you describe to everybody what why you can go to a three a three bladed prop to help you out? Well, a three a three bladed prop obviously doesn't have the same diameter as a two bladed prop. 
So, for instance, my Yak 55 that you got me uh, takes – or actually, let's, do, let's talk about the uh, Pitts S12. The Pitts S12 uses a 15-inch prop, and I wanted it to look more scale. And the scale – or the actual airplane, the actual Pitts S12 that I have, uh, the real airplane uses a three-bladed prop, and I wanted it to look more scale, so I used a three-bladed prop. So what I had to do is I had to prop it down – because I'm spinning the three blades, I propped it down two. So instead of using a 16-inch um, three-bladed prop, which w which is what I would have used in a two-bladed prop, I had to go to like a 14-inch prop. So that way I could turn three, the same a three a three-bladed 14-inch prop. Correct. So okay. I had to I had to to decrease it because I'm adding an extra blade, right? And I'm and I need to spin it at the same RPM as the two-bladed prop without increasing the voltage because it's going to increase my voltage or my yeah right. my voltage and my wattage so there's there's actually a calculator that you can use i think you pulled one up it's a motocalc or what did you what do you use what did you use uh what you can pull up a motor it's called motocalc and it, you can put in the, some variables and it can it can spit out what your what prop you should basically use and you know right so by putting in the motor you know how many cells you're going to be using on it it can spit out uh, for you and help you with those calculations and give you a theoretical, this is what you should, this is what you should get. Here's how many watts you should pull. Here's how many, you know, here's how many, uh, you know, here's how big the prop is going to be. And, you know, right. And it so it'll, it'll basically give you all things. the parameters to kind of start with, and then you can kind of vary from there basically. And that, and that's what I did with mine. You know, I just plugged it in and said, okay, I'm using a 15 inch two blade. What can I get? Uh, you know, if if I have an, um, I think I have a 500, 520 motor on that particular airplane. So a 520 motor, which means I can run a six cell. Uh, and so I'm running a six cell and I'm turning basically 2100 watts or something like that. Now, I need to know my wattage. If you don't have a watt meter, you need to get one. That's just one of those tools you have to have if you're flying electrics. All of us have it. You have one too, Mike, right? Yeah. You have a watt meter? Yeah. Yep. So it, 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 with your watt meter, you plug it in between your battery and your motor, and then you flip your throttle on and you do a run-up. And I do usually a, I, I usually do a static run at the quarter throttle, half throttle, full throttle, back to a quarter throttle. And then I'll go back to full throttle so that I can get some parameters to see what the max uh, wattage is. And depending on what type of flying you're going to do, I always look for 3D-type wattage. So my yes, we know. You're, <laughs> I think that's the only <laughs> flying that you do. I think if you had a slow stick, it would be, it would be rated for 3D flying. So I'm usually looking for uh, something, something to the tune of uh, 250 to 300 watts per pound. So my, um, my actual Pitts S12, I think, weighs eight pounds. Eight or nine pounds. Yeah. Well, well, I tell you what. To kind of simplify it for everybody, I think we're, we'll have to add to the our show notes mm -hmm. a couple of places where you can go and look some stuff up. And one of them is um, a site that talks about how many watts to how many pounds. And so I think you got it up in front of you, Mike. So can you just read off like what it basically says, just to give a general idea of how you can figure out, you know, how much, you know, how you by how you're going to fly the plane, if you're going to just go fly, you know, slow and steady putt-putting around the field, mm -hmm. or if you're crazy like Mike and everything, including 
a trainer plane should be 3D, you know, have 3D power. <laughs> so once you read that off. Uh, sure. So um, basically, if it says, um, you know, if you're looking for watts per pound values, if it's less than 50 watts per pound, uh, I would do, you know, something like a park flyer, very lightweight, low wing loading, a slow stick or, you know, just a little foamy. Uh, if you were going to move up to a basic park flyer trainer, biplane, some kind of the old timer type planes, you want 50 to 80 watts per pound. If you're doing general sport flying or basic intermediate aerobatics, a lot of the warbirds, uh, those are looking from 80 to 120 watts per pound. And then the very serious aerobatics, pattern planes, 3D scale EDF jets are looking between 120 and 180 pounds. Now, if you want to just totally blow it out the doors, you're looking at 200 plus pounds or 200 plus watts per pound. Uh, right. In today's world, you know, roughly, if you're going to fly 3D, hovering, do all that stuff, even with a lighter airplane, I'm looking at, you know, basically three times, um, you know, whatever the wattage per pound is. So if I'm doing a really low, slow flyer at 50 watts, I'd actually look at 150 watts, basically for that, you know, 3D hovering thing for a small airplane. Um, I'm, I'm not going to obviously hover a warbird or anything like that, but if you wanted some really punch, you know, what we call the punch where you get low, slow, and you got to just hit the throttle and get out of there, uh, you're going to want somewhere around, you know, 120, 180 watts per pound. So to kind of help Jim out, so this is kind of what I use or I tell people to use is, how are you going to fly the plane? You know, right. what, what type of flying you're going to do? Because, you know, if you're just going to putt-putt around, then you don't need to have that kind of wattage. One of the good things on most electric motors, no matter if it's from Hobby King or Value value Hobby, you know, that type of thing, mm-hmm. one of the, at least one piece of information that they give you is how many watts that the motor puts out. Correct. And they'll generally put that in there. They'll say, hey, this, this motor's capable of 300 watts or this motor's capable of 200 watts. And then you can kind of then you can go. Oh, it only puts out two hundred watts. Um, I'm I have a small foamy. I want it to do. I want it to fly around sport. I'm not going to be. You know, I don't need it to race into the sky and continue accelerating while it's flying. <laughs> so you know what I mean. So sure, you can go. How sure. much is that? Pl-? You can look up what the plane that you're building and kind of guesstimate or you know round up or round down about what you know how many how much it weighs, and you can kind of figure out. Oh well, I have this size motor. Um, it's, and usually in there, they'll say about what size prop it, it uses, or you can go to RC groups and you can probably find what everybody's using on that particular motor, whether they're using six cells, three cells, and somebody out there has done the research. But usually in the comments, people will say, Hey, I'm flying this on X plane. It weighs about this much. And this is what I'm using it for. It works well, or I'm, you know, with this size prop and it kind of gives you a little bit of information. But you kind of have to figure that out first. How much does a plane weigh? How are you going to fly it? Um, and then you can kind of figure out how many cells you're going to need and you know, or what you want to fly it on. And then you can kind of figure that other information out. And you can kind of guesstimate what size engine, what size, and usually what KV you need as well. So for, like, for Jim's airplane, his airplane is going to weigh roughly around five and a half pounds. So let's yeah, just say five, six, let's say six, six pounds. pounds on the on the heavy end, just if he had a, sure. a couple extra things. So if you did six times a hundred and eighty, which is watts per pound, right? You'd come mm-hmm. out to just a little over, just about eleven hundred 
watts. So you need sure. an air, you need a a, a motor that's going to turn roughly 1100 watts. Now, I would caution people when they go looking for these motors that if it says this motor's rated to 1100 watts, that's usually the peak watts. So it's not like you can run 12, you know, run 1100 on it. You're going to want an engine that or a motor that actually produces probably more like 1500 watts and then yeah. that way you're not using max throttle. You're you're basically, you know, flying around at half throttle producing the 1500 watts and you have a little extra if you need it. Um now the airplane's going to fly on less than that. What you're really saying Mike is that you would put, want it to be 1100 watts at 75%. I mean 75% of that of the end wattage is going to be 1100 basically. Correct. And and that's just me, I guess. I I would always that's like to have a little <laughs> bit more um just on the off chance that something, you know, if you get low and slow, you need to be able to have enough to to get the airplane moving again. And if you're maxed out at full throttle and you have no more throttle, and you're at 1,100 watts peak. Um, so it's kind of like so a Mike, battery. You remind me of, um, oh, what's that movie where the guy's saying, uh, oh, if you look at my amps, they go up to 11. Oh, right. You know, because right. because if you know everybody goes up to 10, but mine goes up to 11 just in case I get that extra oomph, you know, I, right. I can go to 11. Right. And that's... That's the way you are for for your flying and stuff, but you well, know. but but you understand that with a battery too, right? You wouldn't no, no, you no, wouldn't no, fly you know, I, I a get, battery that's saying. that's only going to give you you know forty five uh, C and then put it in an EDF and try to fly or you know let's say twenty C, put it in EDF and try to fly twenty C. It's not going to work. You know your battery's just right. going to be like oh crap. You know look what I'm having to pump out a lot of juice. So for the motor itself. Um, you know, if I wanted to produce basically 1,100 watts, I'm looking for a motor that's rated somewhere between 1,100 and 1,500 watts. Now, if it'll do 1,500 watts on a 13-inch prop and it's a 550 kV, that means I'm probably going to be a six-cell battery. That's probably a good combination. If I wanted it to right. do, uh, if I wanted it to fly on a four-cell battery, I may have to, you know prop it up and try to get a little bit extra out of it so those are the things that the motor calc uh, program can help you with if you you know Most mike definitely. mike only flies stuff with what a three cell that's the max you have right yeah three cell 2200 is what i usually I usually run in my planes right so he's going to basically you know if he was building something like this he's going to look at it and say well you know what do i i have a three cell what can i turn what's the maximum uh, wattage I can get out of the three cell, and there is a max that you can get yep. out of the lower cell battery. Yep. So you're you're going to have to pr uh, plug that into the program, look at it, and say, okay, well, basically the biggest prop I can turn on a three cell is probably 13 inches, and the most I'm going to get out of that is 980 watts out of a three cell. Well, it's not the 1100 watts that I want, but it would work. If I wanted to just fly it around in a scale type, you know, no 3D exactly. aerobatics, none and of probably that, crash it's still going to take up. And what? <laughs> and probably and crash it. He said, I'll probably crash <laughs> I don't know if he would crash it because well, the airplane's no, going to fly. It's you like because you get, you get yourself in an attitude that you can't get out of, and now you have this quote-unquote scale thing. And, and, and for, you know, for me, like, like you're saying, Mike, uh, I like to overpower them a little bit. Some of the planes that come out that are ARFs, they come with a motor and whatever, and it's like, mm -hmm. this will work for this plane. Yeah, but they're trying to build that plane as cheap as possible. So that means it's pro it might be a little underpowered. It might not be. Sometimes the kits are good. 
But right. from my perspective, that's why you need a watt meter is to validate that the motor they give you is actually going to produce some kind of watts that is going to actually make this thing go. And it gives you a good sense of like sense of security for whether or not you can get out of trouble easy or not. Just because you look at the weight of the plane and then you tested the mo you actually tested the motor. You didn't believe what they said. You tested it yourself, and now right. it produces this whatever wattage or that you get. Well, I I agree with that. I I, I can't. Um, yeah, I can't argue that point at all. I I, I totally agree with Mike. Although oh, I disagree. I was going to no. say, although Jay has this <laughs> little look them. on his face like, what? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I was just trying to, you know, have a counterpoint. But uh -huh. really, no, that's exactly right. That's exactly right. So um, now he, now here's the... Can I interject a little bit, Mike? Sorry. Uh, so Jay and I, when I first started doing this, uh, we went round and round about all this stuff. I mean, okay. uh, we had at least 100 conversations about, okay, so how did you decide this? And what do you do that? And we had these calculators and all this stuff, right? And after spending some amount of time learning which calculators did what, it actually works out that certain size batteries, certain size motors, and certain size props are going to be likely what you use in a plane. Now, as engineers, the, the most of the people that I meet in this hobby are very detail-oriented, and, and they're very engineering-like, like they have a lot of, a lot of skill set. Sure, and I so we like to that. Yeah, we, so we like to go down to the detail about, well, that's not the most efficient. All right, you got me there. But when, you get, <laughs> when it gets right down to it, most, they're, they're the other people who just want to fly. And so they don't really want to learn all this crazy calculator stuff and whatever. And well, well you and I would say, yeah, you kind of need to learn this stuff. On the other hand, you don't if you know what the ranges are. And so finally, after after many hours, Jay and I started getting to a point. It's like, Jay, just we need to talk about ranges here because I don't want to know the specifics because because I I want to make I make different decisions than you. So like, what's the range? Like, when do I know I'm outside the smart area for this plane or or this thing I'm working on? So so Jay's point about the prop side, you basically need two or three bits of information, and then you can drive all the other values from those okay. bits of information. And the weight of the plane's one of them. What the prop size it can tolerate is, a, is, a, is the next one. And, and, then, and then from those two, what power you need to generate to make that plane fly, right? And then the, all yep. the other answers just sort of flow out of that. Does okay. that make any sense? Yeah, yeah, yeah basically. So... so like for example, you really you can't run a 2700 RPM engine on a 13-inch prop. You can't do it. It'll burn it up in a second. Right. So, so there much, are certain prop sizes that go with certain motors. So it almost takes some of the calculating out of it if you know what the prop size is, because some props, I mean most props have a particular motor that will drive it, where it'll be the best, the most efficient. And so even with that, without the idea of how many watts per pound do I need, you can s sort of decide how big that motor is going to have to be just from that information. And then you can validate your pick based on these other numbers that we're talking about, if that makes any sense. Sure, it makes a, <clears throat> a lot of sense to me. And that's why you need to have a watt meter, too, to help you validate these things. Because, I mean, it's all theory in the sense, I mean, you could look on there and they could say, you know, this motor is rated for this prop and we'll give you this many watts or we'll give you this many whatever and then you put exactly the, their setup on there, and it's different. Or maybe your prop is a size 13, it's a 13.6. It may not be the same prop as the, 
as what they recommended, but it's the same. That's what you got on sale, you know, and you put it on there and your watts will be not way off, but they, maybe you're not getting the max watts that you thought you'd be getting out of it. So you'd be amazed at just changing a prop, even though it's, I, I'm making air quotes, people, you can't see this, <laughs> the same size or it's the exact same, you know, uh, setup as the other prop that they recommended. But brands between props can change what wattages that you get. So by having a watt meter, you put it on there, you, you, you run it up and you go, oh, either I get more watts or I get less watts. And then you know, hey, I need to prop up or prop down based upon that, you know, what I got or, you know, this this prop I got on sale and that what a, what a difference it makes. Okay, so, so. You, do you want the ranges? you want me to give you the ranges? Because I can do that right here. Okay, so if you were flying something up to 32 inches, now that would, that would cover your park flyers, uh, any foamy airplanes that are up to, you know, about 32 inches of wingspan, you're going to run somewhere between a 10 to 12-inch prop your motor's going to be somewhere between 1,200 and 2,800 kV, and you're going to be either a two- or three-cell battery. That makes sense to me. Sure. If you're going to run a 48-inch wingspan, so between 32 and 48, and the 48 is like a 3D hobby shop. I have a 48-inch, you mm -hmm. know, uh, airplane. You're going to run somewhere between a 13- and 14-inch prop, a 980 to 1100 kV motor, and a 3 to a 4 cell battery. If you're going to run 60 inches, so 48 up to 60 inches, you're going to run 16 or 15 inch to 16 inch prop, a 500 to 800 kV motor, and a 6 cell to an 8 cell. And if you're going to be 80 inches or over, you're going to look at a 250 to 500 kV motor, an 18 to 20 inch prop, and an 8 to 12 cell battery. Oof. Does that help? So, so you just calculated that in your brain right now? He's amazing. He's like an idiot. I savant. did not do that in my brain right now. <laughs> <laughs> is that something uh, okay, you so what, what, a long time ago on or something? No, 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 no. But what I do have is a, I, I have every, th every one of those I have in my uh, in my Arsenal planes. Yes, I do. I have the 32, 48, 60, and, and, and 80 inch, basically. And I can tell you that the ranges, when I did all, I mean, I know what I run in those airplanes. And I know that, you know, my Park Flyer stuff runs on a two or or three cell and I know that my big cub runs on a six cell or eight cell or, or a six cell basically and I know that my um, my you know Pitts S12 runs on a six or an eight cell and and what size props they are so I, I mean that that's basically the range but uh, because I fly uh, three cell batteries my planes have prop sizes from six to uh, 13 I think is the biggest one I have Right. And it's because yeah, it's on the, a cub. Isn't that the cub? That's right. the um, fun cub, right? The, the fun what? cub, yeah. Yeah, the fun cub. Yeah. And the fun cub, you know, the the thing is, too, is that those those are just the starting points. If you're looking at ranges, uh, you know, you can write those down or rewind it and listen up. But the once you get something in those range, now is when you need to look at it and say, okay, based on, let's take a... a in this particular case, let's take a 60-inch airplane or 48-inch airplane is better. Let's take a 40-inch airplane, a 13 to 14-inch prop, 980 to 1100 motor. That motor is going to produce a certain amount of watts. So my 48-inch 
uh, airplane is going to weigh somewhere between one and three pounds, right? So if it weighs one and a half or two pounds, let's just say two pounds, and I want 300, you know, watts per pound, then basically that's, what, 600 to 800 watts. Now, that's going to be a 3D airplane. Uh, will my 980 produce 300 or, you know, 800 watts, or, or will the 1100 produce, uh, you know, the 800 watts? The 1100 might produce it, but I may have to go with a 13-inch prop, right? The 980 right. will do it for sure, but I could do it on a 13 or a 14-inch prop based on the type of battery, how much C rating, and that is what my watt meter is going to tell me. So if I have a 13 and a 14-inch prop and I've got this 980 motor, I'm going to be able to put two or three different props on there, different pitches on there, and see what's going to give me that 800, 800 watts for my 3D. I don't need 800 watts if I'm not doing 3D, so then I can you know, change the prop out or go with a little bit bigger prop or a smaller prop and, and figure all that out. But that's... Those are the ranges that you will probably, if Jim's, you know, when he listens to the podcast, those are the ranges that I would start looking at uh, and then just kind of tweak it from there. Now he can delete five of the four motors, I mean, four of the five motors, uh, just because of what Mike said in terms of wattage and, and uh, whatnot, Correct. just because of the range. And, and having those brackets like that is really helpful for people who are just starting. Because like you say, you know, it's a big ocean of motors out there. Yeah, you, know, you don't you don't really know what you're looking for until you understand those ranges, and at least get you in the ballpark. And then as you right. you might end up buying one or two that was like, oh, that's not quite right because I read the data wrong or I didn't even look at the data, and now it doesn't produce the way it should. And I and I have had airplanes where I bought you know let's say a four or five hundred. Um, I think I think the Pitts S12 I did that. I bought that five hundred and twenty kV motor. Uh, it said it was going to produce X amount. I put the prop on it that it was supposed to put, and I got nothing close to that. I mean, it didn't even come close. And I'm like, whoa, what What the heck, you know? And according to all the numbers, it should have worked, but that I just was not getting it out of there. And I think it was because I was using a, you know, a, a six-cell battery that was only a 30C battery, and once I jumped up to a, you know, 70C battery, all of a sudden my wattage changed, and I got 2,100 watts out of it. I was jumping up and down, woohoo, doing the dance, you know, because that was like way more power than what I wanted. But then when I actually flew it, it flew differently than what I thought. It didn't fly quite the way I wanted it to, even though I was getting 1,200 watts. I just so so. What I'm saying is, is that once you get to that point, you have to kind of tweak it, you know, kind of. I have multiple. Uh, you know, props in my little arsenal, and I can take them on and put them off. You know, take them off and put new ones on, right. that kind of thing, to to see if if I can get that wattage. Now I've got the range. Now I just want it to go up and fly it how I want to fly it. You know, how I want it to feel in the sticks. Hey, so so uh, this kind of comes up, make me think about uh, AK Mike's Tame Cat. So you already had a motor that came with that, right? You didn't have to figure out the motor for that. Uh, no, I had to figure out the motor because, uh, because in my case, it, the person who gave it to me, Jeff, uh, well, I bought it from him. He took the motor out. Ah, okay. so I had to go I find it. We had, uh, I remember because once again, the big issue with that plane was it didn't sit that high off the ground. And so you had a, 
you had a clearance issue. I did. So you had. I to changed the wheels on that one. Exactly, uh, yeah. but I mean, you didn't make it like super, super tall, though. I mean, you, no, I just added. I went from a, I think it was a one-inch wheel to a three-inch wheel. Well, okay, that was for the grass, though. Yeah, but that's what I had to do to make it work. Right, but you didn't, you didn't like change the prop because you changed the wheel, did you? I didn't change the prop. I left it the way it was. So because I changed the wheels, I didn't need to change the prop. Right. So what I'm saying is that one of the one of the factors when you were trying to figure out the motor for that was because you knew that you had to fly what, what a six inch prop on that thing. Uh, yeah, right. It was, yeah. It was so well, originally knew, it was a folding was, prop though. Right. But you didn't have a folding prop on there. That's correct. I had to go yeah, to a stiffer, yeah, which yeah, also helped me in the way because the folding props are, aren't as efficient as the, right. um, the stiff ones. And so I was actually did better in the plane. Right, but the, I think the reason they had that was because you had a high risk of hitting the ground. I think that's why yeah, they did that. Yeah, definitely. There's no question there was that, because that's how I ended up right. breaking it for good. The, so, the whole once again, I mean, as we were talking, though, that's one of those a force limitation upon you when you're trying to, you know, once again, use these golden rules, is that, you know, you may have a clearance issue that you have to use a certain size prop, and that's going to be your main factor in deciding your motor. Right, that makes the, sense to me. The, I mean, this yeah. is what that's what I was saying earlier. Is that you basically have a couple of variables that you need to really know, and right. that is the weight of the plane and what limitation is on the prop you have, if any. Because like right. my dragonfly, that that thing can't be bigger than six inches. Right. And right. I, I think I put a six and a half, but I end up you know, goring the plane because I put you know a little bit too big of a prop on there, and I think it comes with a five or something. I put it a six or something like that because it right. just clears oh, wow. it. So as long as I'm flying it well, it's not a problem. Yeah. But well, I, and I had well. the same problem with my Yak. I put a three-bladed prop on there because I wanted it to look more scale, and the wheels are really small on the Yak. And when I touch down, it teeny the tiny. Prop. So I actually have to put bigger wheels because I, I get the airplane flies beautifully, and it's exactly the way I want it to fly. But you're right; it does sit a little bit lower to the ground. So I had to increase the wheel size to get a little bit of the prop clearance. So that that is that is something that you have to you know kind of wonder about right, most so people that, are not using three-bladed props most people use two-bladed props i just happen to use three because i want it to look scale mm -hmm. but i mean again right. if you have the prop size limitation that's right. half the battle right because because actually right. knowing the prop size basically feeds your what the ranges that you gave earlier and you know that table works in all directions right so yep. once you have one of those elements you know where the rest of the stuff's going to fall right and that's true. it makes and, it a lot easier and because you, it's a it's a variable, and like 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 I said, you know you you can only use a six inch prop, right? Right. But let's say you want to get more power because you know you're like Mike and you go, I gotta have more power. <laughs> more power. So how can you get more more power? So how do I get more power out of this out of the situation? I can only I can only go with a six inch prop. Well, that's where you go with the three bladed prop. You put a three bladed prop on there, that's six inches. But actually, when you look at what power you get out of that. It's the equivalent of having a seven-inch prop on there, so. Yeah, you need to change the motor too, wouldn't you? No, you otherwise your watts are going to your watts are going to go up. I mean, if you don't, the watts mm -hmm. will go up. So you just got to make sure they will go up. Yeah, they will. But you yeah, just you just got to make sure, sure your motor and your escape can you know right, handle that. Handle but I'm just watts. saying, yeah. if if you want to get more power out of that, you know, you're you have just this limited space by going to a you know, uh, a, not a tri prop, a what's it called? Three bladed prop. Three-bladed prop. Going to a three-bladed prop will give you an inch bigger. Automatically gives you an inch bigger size. Right. I mean, an inch, an inch bigger difference 
No, it's, so it's, it's adding an extra a, blade. A two-bladed. Getting, your efficiency yeah. is your your efficiency. You're getting an extra blade producing lift, basically. Or, right. Or, so basically, instead of having a six-inch prop, you're in essence getting a seven-inch prop. Correct. That's what I'm trying to say, in my crude way. Right. Right. Which which is so, like I said, most people don't do that. They the it, the two-bladed prop is more efficient than the three. It and is the three more is going to fly just, differently. It is definitely going to fly differently. You're going to feel a difference in the sticks. Sure. Um, so yeah, you just have to kind of understand that. But Mike brought up a good point that your limitation on the weight as well, because oh, sure. a gas airplane. One of those. One of the things you got to look at along with these ranges that we just talked about is that on the side of your box when it says your all up weight for your for for this Sig Rascal is going to be five point five pounds. That's if it has a DA sixty on it or ninety or whatever that is. So it's thinking that you're going to have gas and a tank and a battery and this motor. If you get rid of all that stuff, your airplane's not going to be 5.5 pounds. It may only come in at three and a half pounds. Now you have, you know, so you can actually get a, a motor that will produce similar results of the big motor, but with a lot less weight. And, okay, and you guys, you talked about that in the last podcast. We yeah, did. We kind of talked that example, for the P51. That's why he made uh, weights or whatever for the P51 because he lost right. all that weight in the motor. So, but I'm just saying right. that you know, once again, when you look at this thing and you're trying to figure out wattage per pound, don't don't decide. Oh my gosh, my airplane's going to weigh 10 pounds. It's not. It's going to weigh less than that. Right. And in fact, if I could have done it instead of putting lead weight in the front, I would have rather had used that. If I could have got a battery. That yes. was long enough right. to fit in there. Now, once again, because I, I had constraints, because the cockpit, the way it was shaped, I can only fit a battery that was so big in there. You know, that was less than a 5,000 milliamp battery is all I could fit in there. But weight-wise, you know, I put in almost a pound of weight right. in the front of that thing, right. which, like you said, took up, you know, fuel and the uh, battery that I would have had in there, that's that would have been that weight. But if I could have put, put a battery, like let's say I could have got an 8,000 milliamp battery right. in a certain right. configuration, if I could have made one fit, I would have gladly have put that weight, battery weight in there instead. Or as AK Mike suggested to me, he goes, why didn't you just put a bigger motor in there? And I, and I answered him at the time. I wasn't thinking about that. I just went with the motor that looked like it would fit this, you know, it was right. a size 40 right. aircraft. Um, and I went with a motor that I knew would fly it, and I didn't even think about weight that by not having the fuel and and stuff in there that it would be almost a, a you know a pound lighter than sure. it was supposed to be. Sure. Although, although no a bigger motor, and we talked about this a little bit, a bigger motor would also maybe create some issues with the cowling. I mean, there's, there was a lot of things to consider. Right. Well, yes, no, actually, you, in that situation, you were actually spot on. Um, that cowling was huge. There would yeah, there's plenty of room in that one. But I'm just saying, yeah, you, you have to watch out for like sure. Uh, I, I, I'm like I, I'm the first guy to do. It. It's like oh, I'll just get a bigger motor and I go order the motor and I go oh snap, it's only a two inch cowling. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Yeah. That's a, a three inch motor. motor. God, <laughs> okay. I, right. I'll use that for a different plane, I guess. Or make a foamy or something. Well, and, that, and that's like, that's good that you brought that up because those first numbers uh, that that Jim was talking about where he bought the 4032. That's what those numbers are. They, they tell you how long the motor is versus how wide it is. So you just got to make sure that it will fit inside your cowling. Okay, but not always. Yeah, yeah not always. You, you definitely have Agreed. to do some reading. Because yeah. it's not universal. 
Yeah, unfortunately, yeah, I think mostly manufacturers are moving that direction, but right. or, or the people that we buy from mostly do that. But still, uh, it used to be it used to be size, can size, and and wines, and can size and uh, staters, exactly. and can yes. size, and mm-hmm. and but right. but you know it's so inconsistent. It's like I'm not bothering with that. I'm gonna go look at the <laughs> actual measurements. Sure. Well, yeah. and that makes sense. I, I know for my little pattern airplane uh, that I built, I actually wound up having to get a Scorpion motor because all the other motors were so fat, they wouldn't fit. I had to get the Scorpion because it's really long. So to produce the same amount of watts and, you know, energy and all that stuff with the battery that I was using, because I'm using a four cell, I had to actually get a longer can uh, so that the, because it's a real narrow, um, you know, cowling kind of, and this SIG Rascal has a narrow cowling on it too. So you're going to have to be careful, Jim, you know, looking at, I I don't know how big it is, but it looks from the photos, it looks kind of, you know, narrow. So just, just be aware of that, you know, read, read the direction or read the um, dimensions on it make sure. So. Well, one thing I, I, once again, I am so grateful for RC groups. Because you don't have to reinvent the wheel. No, you I mean, don't. sometimes you might have right. to make some tweaks. But honestly, if you go to RC groups and you go, well, I'm going to make this motor, this plane electric, somebody has done it before in the past. Good news. And so I, okay, but I I'm going to counterpoint that. Sometimes okay. you have to go through so many pages. Especially if it's a popular plane, right? Yeah, if it's if really it is popular a popular plane, plane there's going to be a, lot. a huge thread. And that's where search comes in. Well, well, and that's why I say, that's why I like this idea of the ranges, because it sort of circumvents that whole having to spend hours reading through. I mean, I I appreciate that idea, but from, I'm just too impatient, I think. Okay, so what do you, so so explain, so what do you do then? Well, I'd like to use the range table that Mike produced. And that's how I decided. Oh, okay. I wouldn't care, I wouldn't care whatever people did. I'd just use a range table to fit my needs. And then at least they okay, get started gotcha. that way. And not to spend hours and hours and hours trying to research. Now, for me, it's fun to do that. Like, I enjoy reading those pages. But I know that sometimes even, I was like, I just wanted to fly the damn plane. What, what size motor does it take? You know, <laughs> I don't want to do the research yeah. on it. I just want to fly oh the, gosh, the plane. Yeah. It's so well, a I think hassle. I think, I think you were telling me about this, that in some instances, you just kind of le- like read the last 10 pages sometimes of a thread and just kind of read oh know, me last 10 uh, no ak mike oh, i think AK he was mike. we were talking about this one time and and since there was like you know 10 years worth of thread sure you just kind of read like the last 10 pages to get a general idea of you know what motor you wanted or whatever the particular thing on that on that particular thread that you wanted you didn't go and try to read the whole thing you just read the most the latest stuff in the last six months or four months or two months and you got the information that you needed. You could so. do like me. I just look at the pictures. Yeah, right. That's, that's, a, that's a really photo. good idea too, Mike. Uh, just going and choosing show all pictures from this thread yeah. and then going through. Yeah. That's not actually that's not a bad way to find uh, stuff too because it, so, it shows when someone's doing a build. But I, but I, a lot of times too, and I think there's a lot of good people on RC groups where they actually update their their po- their original post with new sure. data. Sure. So, so hitting the, hitting the front page and then reading through a little bit and then just skipping to the end to see, because, you know, that questions, those questions get asked over and over again and they do. motors change, right? We know that yep. like the 2,500 NTM motors are no longer. That's so, right. yeah, mm-hmm. what, sure. what's the alternative? Who's making what? You know, all kinds of stuff. And so yeah. you got to find that stuff out too. But at the or, same time. Or like um, for your 3D plane, AK Mike, um, you know, they recommended, you know, an old time CD-ROM 
you know, style brushless motor. Oh, and, right. You know, heck with that. We couldn't find that thing. Nobody makes those things anymore. Well, and I was going to put it in my plane anyway. It's like, no way I'm <laughs> <Exactly>. doing that. <laughs> it's a it's CD a, plane. A, yeah, so I just found a 2836 or something like that, and it was the right can size. And, I mean, it fit, it, we, we had a little bit of trouble. I had to adjust the cowling size because it sat back further than the one they wanted us to use. Um, so we had to cut part of the cowling away. Um, but other than that, it worked great. It was fantastic. Yeah. Well, it's a lot of good information, actually, uh, a lot of information. Uh, we kind of got off on a roll there. Uh, our hour's up, believe it or not. What? I know, right? Holy crap. Isn't that crazy? Um, however, I would like to mention before we sign off that uh, we have a Facebook page. Uh, you Whoa. can go, yeah, we, uh, we've kind of got it up and running. We're trying to put as much content on as we can. But if you're listening to the podcast, hop over to Facebook if you're a Facebook user. Uh, go to Park Flyer or, or just do a Google search for Park Flyer uh, podcast. Uh, I think it's called uh, Park Flyer Staff is the um, is the actual page. Uh, there is a uh, on our website on the parkflyerpodcast.com website under our notes. Uh, there is a, a link that you can go to. But uh, if you just search for us on a Facebook, make sure you jump on there and give us a shout. Uh, let us know what you want to hear about. Awesome. And, uh, you know, you guys are uh, can start posting on there, too. I think we can do pictures and, and comments. And we'd love to hear from our listeners. I think that'll be a way that we can uh, get in touch with them, for, you know, instead of just relying on the website. Uh, we've had several people that sent me messages on the Messenger, so that worked out well, too. All of us are connected to it, uh, so you can reach any one of us. Uh, Jim, I hope we uh, answered some of your questions. If not, feel free to, uh, you know, Bug Jay some more, and we'll, uh, we'll put will. our heads together and come up with something, I think. That's not a problem. <laughs> he doesn't have a it, – it's not a problem bugging you? <laughs> That's awesome. Nope, not at all. So, uh, He's not a shy guy. What's uh, what's on the agenda for the coming weeks? Anything? You mean after the uh, hell storm of heat? Yeah, the Texas? heat wave goes down. I mean, we're already looking at August, so right, August, September. It's going to start cooling off here in the next couple of weeks. So I'm sure you guys are going to get out. You open your door and the fireball comes at you. It's uh, slowly well, going away. <laughs> well, AK Mike and I were talking about this, and, and for him and I, we still have to get a mind shift uh-huh. on when we need to build and when, you know, because we're so used to October, November, December, February, you know, you start doing your winter building. Oh, yeah. This know, is the opposite. Sitting around it. It's totally the opposite here. Yeah, you, you build, build in the, the summer, short summer, and then you, go fly and then you the have the whole rest of the year to fly. So, yeah. um, I'm still having a problem with that because I'm sitting around the house. I'm like, oh, I'm bored. I wish I had something for me to do. <laughs> I don't even think about building <laughs> planes or all those airplanes behind you, and there's three in the box, and you're like, oh, I'm bored. I <laughs> uh, wish I could go fly. It's too hot. Well, yeah. I mean, you know, I don't even think about it. I'm just like, uh, I wish I could go out and fly. It's just too hot. I uh, can't wait for October when I can start building. <laughs> <laughs> It sounds silly, but yes, I, that's what I'm thinking. I can't yeah. wait till he says, oh, yeah, I was too busy flying, so I haven't built anything. Yes, exactly. Oh, wow. Yeah, I can't wait either. Well, and that's the thing. See, now that uh, you've kind of reversed yourselves, when October rolls around, this is you're going to be flying all the time, and you know, you're going to have missed all your build time here in the summertime. So That's right. Have to kind of get your mindset back into it. I mean, trust me, we're it's we're really a matter too. of planning and organizing like the rest of your life around it too, right? Because things this is true. You know, you had certain things you did in certain times of the year in Alaska, and now I don't right. do those things at those time of years. Right. So it's just just trying to get myself reoriented. It'll, it'll, it'll I'll be I'll be good next by next year for sure. 
got to have a year to catch up. <laughs> well, it's just, it's just from a standpoint of like, oh, oh, I can do this now. I couldn't do that before. Right. I'm going to go do that, right? And I want to spend time doing things I didn't do before at certain times of the year. Like in October, I'll there be able go. to go out and have fun and, you know, be out flying. Now, we, Jay and I did fly in October, uh, but we usually had coats on and gloves and a hat. and a, you know, Right, and with, we were all depressed. Yeah. And skis, right? Then you use skis instead of wheels and all that good well, stuff. Well, no, no. Was it usually snowing? it wasn't snowing then, but but in the mountains you could see the the terminus snow was starting to come oh, down come and down. down. Yeah. Yeah. Come down yeah. the mountain. You're like, oh. And you couldn't yeah, get out till like at. 10 or 11 o'clock in the morning. Like, you know, you couldn't go at 8 in the morning and fly all day. You only fly a couple hours, really. Oh, uh, yeah. Because yeah, it'd get too dark, cold or right? get dark. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Well, so that's a whole, just the whole a, night flying thing, right? Because Jay Yeah, right. Well, that's true. That's true. I don't think I've ever flown at night during the winter. I don't think we have ever done that. Oh, in all, yeah, I guess it would be pretty cold at night during the wintertime. Huh? Yeah. Yeah, it's at yeah. night during the summer or whatever. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't no, know. it's not It's not, It's not. not dark. And, and the there's summer. no night, yeah. Remember at 1 o'clock no in the morning, you're summer. like, oh, yeah, you can't wait, really when are we going to bed? Yeah. <laughs> it's 1 That's in the morning. When are we going to rise the sun I am so confused. That's great. Well, fantastic. Well, listen, this. Uh, hopefully you guys will get together, uh, or not together, you guys, but hopefully you'll get together with the groups. Mike is still looking for uh, a field to go fly in, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, that's I right. Quite, haven't quite got to the field yet. but uh, So if you're in the Dallas area, once again, jump on our Facebook page. Give Mike a heads up as to where to go to fly his airplanes in Dallas area. Uh, Jay's going to get together, I think, uh, probably in the coming weeks with uh, Jim and his group. Hopefully he can answer any questions. Uh, I'm headed off to see uh, Spencer next week, I think, too. We're going to try and finish up my F-16. He's already got about Ooh. 10 flights on his, so i got to catch up. Cool. And I have a whole bu- – I have my desk is a complete pile of landing gear. So I, I have every option available now, and I just have to figure okay, out what Okay, well, you could, tell, you could tell the listeners all about your landing gear saga. No, oh my gosh, it was terrible. Because you just have so. bad luck with the landing gear. <laughs> yeah, that's a podcast all on its own, just for landing yeah. gear. So, right. Well, we'll that's, it's it. true. From the A10 to this F16, you've—I mean—you could open up a landing gear store. I could. Yes. As a matter of fact, I have a box of landing gear. Some of it I don't know if I'll ever use because I bought the F18 landing gear that was for like a huge, large-scale thing, and that's not going to go on anything that I own. So, <laughs> you know, there's 120, you know, uh, version F or F18 gear that's sitting in the other room. Well, you should talk to Wayne and say, Wayne, I want to build a miniature scale landing gear set and have all this raw material. Can you? You know, that's out? a good idea. I had this landing gear. Can I build an airplane around it? And Wayne would probably say, <laughs> "That's it. We can do that." So there you go. See plans for the F-18. I'm going to call McDonald Douglas right now, and they're on their way. <laughs> well, we appreciate you joining us here on the Park Flyer Podcast. Uh, we appreciate your patronage, and uh, thanks for joining us. I'm Michael from here in Arizona, and I'm Jay from the hills of Texas. And this is AK Mike in Texas. We'll see you in two weeks. Let's fly. You have been listening to the Park Flyer Podcast. Thank you for joining us, and we look forward to your next visit. Please give our show a star rating and review, and feel free to email us your questions, topics, or suggestions to parkflyerpodcast at gmail.com. 